0: Welcome to Podcast Impact, where we interview and share stories of people who are making a difference in Morgan County. Our host is Ed Kamenowski Executive Director of CFMC, and he's talking with people who have become philanthropic leaders and are working with others to improve their communities. Here's a chance to learn how you can make an impact, too.
1: Well, good morning. Uh, it's fun to be able to sit here uh, with Mr. Uh, Senator John Crane. Uh, you know, I got to make sure I don't get thrown out. You know, I w- don't want to get a speeding ticket, uh, John, yeah, when I leave right, here. Right. You know, so well,
2: it, if you know a senator, maybe I can help you <laughs> out of the speeding <laughs> ticket. <Right. Yeah. laughs> uh,
1: John, you're also the founder of the Sagamore Leadership Institute, and, and we had a mutual friend uh, connect us, and uh, we try to grab coffee from time to time. Yeah. It's fun, and obviously uh, like-minded, which I'm sorry for you. <laughs> it doesn't, right. I get to hang out with all the most <laughs> <Right>. interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um So uh, you have really strong Morgan County roots. And, That's right. Uh, so even though you're you're, you're maybe representing a, a neighborhood, na- nearby community, um, talk a little bit about, you know, growing up in Morgan County, your family's history. I mean, you really run deep here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I currently live in Hendricks County and my cer- Senate role uh, has me serving Hendricks and Putnam. Yeah. but. To your point, um, my deepest friendships, my deepest relationships, and my deepest roots are in Martinsville and Mooresville. Um, grew up down in Martinsville. My mom and dad still up, live up off of Pumpkin Vine Hill Road. Yep. And uh, my brother now is the managing editor for the Martinsville paper. Right. And went to Martinsville High School and went to what's now Mooresville Christian Academy. Yep. And uh, so I've just been very, very blessed to be able to um, live in a great community yeah. and really be in a place where you can have uh, lasting values instilled in you from an early age. Right,
1: so. right. And your father was uh, you know, a public service as well. Was yes. this, you know, as you kind of looked at, um, did you at some point think, you know, 20 years from that, you know, that you would end up as, in, you know, kind of in the political arena or is it?
2: Well, that's a good question. It's one that I get quite a bit. Um, I do have a family that has been in public service. Um, As you said, my dad ran for Congress three times in 1976, 78, and 80. And he did not win, but um, he was one of um, three brothers that were either running or were in Congress. I have two uncles that served in Congress from Illinois and one who actually ran for president. and. I have a grandfather who uh, wrote a new syndicated newspaper column for in about 350 newspapers including the Indianapolis Star and the Martinsville paper and all that and so it really has been part of our upbringing and it just it's kind of one of those things you're born into it and you don't really know any different Um, (laughs) but I hadn't ever really been angling to run for politics gotcha interestingly in light of my background Um, I had always been of a mind to serve in whatever way I could. Right. And uh, people had asked me over the years, hey, when are you gonna run? You wanna run, especially if they knew our background, but which I always take that as a compliment that somebody thinks you have something to offer. Right. Uh, but it's <laughs> I've a actually hard never look. had that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you still have to run. Right. <clears throat> amazing (laughs) right (laughs) yeah and so you know I I, uh, it's it's a hard road and you uh, I've seen the the very good that can come out of public service and I can see the difficulties you know families that get sacrificed on the altar of ambition sure and so uh, we've got four kids Um, our oldest now is a junior in high school and all the way down to fifth grade and so that was one of the decisions too when we initially made the decision to run was saying, hey, can we do this and protect our family? And can we do this and protect our Sagamore Leadership Initiative and raising up next generation leaders? Because those are really important areas of emphasis for me. And so um, I got a phone call back in 2015, right around this time. uh, Somebody asked me if I would consider running, and I didn't say no, which I had normally (laughs) said, no, you know, I'm too busy. I've got all these things going on. I didn't say no. I said I'll prayerfully consider it, and uh, and so we did. And um, it took about six weeks for us to get through this process. I'm kind of a systematic decision maker. Sure, even. sure. And so by the time we got through it, it was the end of August Og- or end of uh, October, beginning of November, and we had determined I think this is what we're supposed to do, which meant running in the primary in uh, what was then. 2016 against the sitting state senator. Okay. Which is, as I've told people, <clears throat> that's a suicide mission. Right. <laughs> right? <You're> like, <laughs> right. You don't do something that, that way, especially if it's your first time out. You don't necessarily run for a Senate position first right. time out. Right. And you certainly don't go after an incumbent. And yet we felt like God was calling us to do it. We had a lot of encouragement from respected leaders. And so I told people, I said, well, I don't know if we're called to win yeah we're called to run right and so we're going to run and we did and then almost then <laughs> i had that moment we won right and you're like it's like i always tell people it's like the the dog that every day is dedicated <laughs> to chasing the car and then catches the car right and realizes uh-oh yeah <laughs> what have i gotten myself into and so that began the journey of uh going on and winning the general and and here I am, you yeah. know, and so now I'm in this new role, and I'm one of those dummies that uh, <laughs> doesn't actually take time to take anything off of my plate of yeah. responsibility. I just keep piling on like yeah. Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. No, I I think it's it's funny you say that. I um, you know, I I was raised by uh, two public school teachers, and and my mom and dad, the people who they've been in, you know on the on the in the paper and. Uh, when they retired, they went all over literally the world uh, for a Red Cross, and so in time there was a disaster, meaning in a positive way, they were out there and you know hands on. And so yeah. I just, ever since I was a kid, you're just raised with this environment of you know, service. And that's so right. and so when some people say, "Well, why do you do what you do?" You think I don't I don't I didn't have much of a choice to do. The other.
2: No, that's <laughs> right. I mean, if it's instilled in you, and we were instilled with exactly that. They. The idea of to whom much is given, much is required. Absolutely. Um, to to the idea of, of fighting the good fight. There's right. things we need to stand for. Right. You know, there's evil we need to stand against. Right. There's good we need to bring into the world. All this stuff to where you know, I do believe that. I think I have been blessed, um, to been given a lot of of support right. and um, abilities and things like that. I've been blessed to have grown up in places like Morgan County. Right. You know, I know there's a number of people who kind of walk around a little bit with a chip on their shoulder. I can't wait to get out of this place. Right. And then you get out and then you realize, wait a second, maybe this is a lot more right. than I ever thought it was. Right. And that's the beauty of, of getting older and getting on in years and having your own family and your kids and getting a new perspective on life where you begin to hone in on the things that really matter i agree versus the things i used to think mattered when right. i was a teenager right you now absolutely and uh the farther i go and the more of the world i see and the more stories i hear from other people the more i recognize just how blessed i've been to grow up in a great place like indiana and morgan county in particular yeah
1: yeah i agree it's um you know when it's uh i, I don't want to like I say I don't impugn anyone else's characters. All. All right, I, I'm right. pretty good at throwing myself under the bus. I, <clears throat> it's a long enough road to, you know, <laughs> p- 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 but um, yeah, you know, you're in a hurry to kind of get to a certain point in life, and, and you do reach this kind of uh, point where you can look back and you have some life experiences, and um, it's it's really fun. And then having the seat that I get to sit in as well to be able to kind of see a lot of different things. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, it's uh, it's interesting now to be able to look back and. Um, You know, as one of the people who left, and then you know, coming back, and and you know, going other places now. He was in Indianapolis yesterday for meeting at the Fairbanks Foundation. They do amazing Mm -hmm. things, and um, but you know, there's something special about Morgan County. That's right. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And uh, I'm blessed to serve with uh, Rod Bray in the Senate. And so, anytime we have some Morgan County folks come down, I said, even though I don't represent. Morgan County officially. Right. <laughs> We're always looking out for Morgan County. <laughs> right. <laughs> so.
1: right. Yeah, I dragged Rod into this as well, so you know it's you're in good company <clears throat> on that one. That's but, right. Uh, you know, something we we talk well, we talk about a lot of unique topics, but um, this idea of leadership in the community, mm-hmm. and um, I think you know, getting to this point in life and being to uh, have some life experience to, to, to offer that back into the community, but. I understand everyone's busy, you know you're raising a family or you're working and you know as you said, you know you know people like you and I are foolish enough to keep adding things to our plates. I don't know quite what's <laughs> wrong with this, but bloods <laughs> right. uh, for pies, right yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, but this idea of leadership you know I, yeah. I think um, which I'd like to you'd expand upon, but I'm surprised when I run into people in the community who are really influential in their unique audience or however that happens to be. And they don't feel like they're leaders in the community.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and see, that's one of the things we have to work through, with, both with uh, next generation leaders who we work with, but also I do a lot of leadership development for adults. Right. And it's that mentality well, I'm not a leader. Right. Right. I see so and so as a leader, and, and she's a leader, and he's a leader, but I'm not a leader. Right. Well, the reality is that uh, the definition of leadership that we use is that leadership is about intentional influence. Right and that means trying to have an impact on purpose in some way and Dr. John Maxwell who's a leadership expert he's written a ton of books on the subject he says that sociologists tell us that even the most introverted person will influence over 10,000 people in his or her lifetime. Wow. That's amazing when you think about it and that was that, that study was done before the advance of social media and all that. You think about what you can do even with a podcast like this where right. you can reach masses of people that you never would have been able to reach otherwise. And so when you understand that leadership is about intentional influence, then we recognize that means that not necessarily everybody has influence, but everybody has the potential for influence. Absolutely. It's what are you going to choose to do with the life that you've been given? Right. And in that respect, different people will have different platforms of influence and that's where we tend to see people with a big platform and go, oh they're a leader. Right. But I've got a little platform so I'm not a leader. It's like, no, it's just a difference in scale. And the key thing is, okay, who are the people in your life over whom you can have influence? Right. If you're a, for example, a stay-at-home mom, well I'm not doing much, You want to bet yeah you are staying home you are inputting in the lives of your children in the most formative season of their life absolutely you have the most influence that is then multiplied exponentially based on where they choose to go and what they choose to do with their lives all the way up to the ceo to the business leader the teacher the students. i mean everybody has the potential to influence somebody else right so then the question is if you are going to influence somebody, then which direction are we going to influence people? Right. What good are we going to be able to bring into the world? Right. And to your point about being busy, we're all busy. Right. I'm busy. You're busy. Everybody's busy. So I think that we get to a point where we think, well, in order for me to have an impact, it has to be something colossal, I, some I massive thing. I was right? going the same thing. And unless I get to the big thing, then I can't have impact. Right. Instead of going, okay, what's one little thing I could do today it doesn't have to be big just some little thing that day after day if I keep trying to persevere in that I can have a collective impact long term that really is making a difference yeah absolutely no it's um,
1: that idea of intentional influence and um, we talk a lot about um, this I'm reminded of of hearing an, an interview, and I won't name who it was, it's not someone local, it's kind of on a national scale. Okay. And it was someone who has enough name recognition and wealth that you'd say, well, that's an influential person. And they responded to a question and said, this is the first time I've ever felt like I had a voice. And mm-hmm. I thought, I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. around thinking, yeah." you have a voice every single day. I mean, you have a platform that very few of us would ever be able to have at a national, international level. That's right. And so I was always shocked by that. And so, you know, your comment of what you just said of, you know, this idea of most people don't view themselves as a leader. They're either Uh doing their day-to-day. And I always kind of, you know, respectfully challenge that, that whether it's, I call it formal and informal, but you have a formal where we say, well, hey, listen, you know, unless I'm, in the legislature or unless I'm someone at whatever you know whatever default you want to go to that's the people who have influence
2: this is I mean this is touching a little bit of a hot button for me (laughs) in this in this sense in this sense because I'm a senator all of a sudden I'm treated differently and people think oh somehow I'm so much more important now right so I could be in a room I I kid you not this happens all the time I could be in in fact I could be in a room with people that cured cancer right and they will make sure that we honor and and highlight and acknowledge the special guest in the room. Right. We have Senator Crane here. Right. It's like I haven't I mean I can't say I haven't done anything to get elected. We worked really hard to get elected. Right. But comparatively speaking to all the other people that might be in that same room, yeah. it diminishes the things that other people bring to the table. Yeah. And so it it, it kind of does bug me a little bit i mean i i I, re, I appreciate it and and I appreciate the respect, but sometimes we create a hierarchy yes. in our own minds. and so just as an example my uh my daughter's in fifth grade, so tomorrow night they're playing for the fifth and sixth grade girls championship in okay. volleyball, okay and so it's all these little gals that are just learning how to bump and right. how to serve and all this <laughs> right. and so i'm I'm drilling into her, you know, and she's a good little player, but I said, Who's your biggest enemy on this court? Yeah. She's thinking, you know, it's the other team. I said, no, it's not. It's your own head. Right. It's your own head. Right. If you can figure out how to work through that and break through that barrier, there is nothing that can't be done. Right. And it's the exact same thing in life. We tend to look at all these external variables and, and turn them into hurdles. I well, agree. I don't have enough money. Right. I don't have enough platform. I don't have enough connections. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough whatever. Yeah. Instead of going... Wait a second, I can be somebody who makes a difference, yeah, I just have to start where I'm at, be faithful, persevere, and keep looking for ways to add value absolutely and bring good into people's life
1: yeah, absolutely. I think it's and it's obviously this is you know something that you're your you're passionate and I do want to kind of talk about the institute uh, sure, but we're gonna come back after break uh, sitting with the uh, Oh, well, I guess I'm not going to call you now after saying yeah, say you no. John Crane, no, okay, yeah, yeah. who's the founder of the U.S. You know, <laughs> Leadership Institute. Uh, so we'll be right back after this break.
0: Do you know where your charitable dollars actually go? Or have you ever asked if what you're giving to nonprofits is actually making a difference? Since the announcement of the war on poverty, the federal government has spent nearly $20 trillion and we still have more poverty. The Community Foundation of Morgan County doesn't believe this should be the case. We use private dollars to support nonprofit organizations whose mission is to lift people out of poverty, not just sustain them. We believe in philanthropy with a measurable impact. Your charitable dollars should be an investment in something or someone with the promise of a social return on your investment. We think differently about making an impact through giving. Please join us and learn how we can increase the impact of your philanthropic dollars. Visit philanthropywithimpact.org. That's philanthropywithimpact.org, where we match your gifts dollar for dollar.
1: Well, John, the running joke is, you know, you stuck around after the break, so I appreciate it. You know, so it's very kind of you. I mean, you're I'm still here. You are wired still. up, so if <laughs> yeah, you have to try to get. You I'm you. tethered. I, I tried to get out at the break. <laughs> I, I, I noticed that. I me back <laughs> so, um, I do want to uh, talk about uh, the institute, but I wanted to kind of circle back around about the last point of. So we do a mentoring program, and no. you talk about your daughter, and I there are moments when you think well obstacles and hurdles and I think we all kind of you know there's just some things begin to look insurmountable over time mm-hmm. and I'll go in and I'll talk to the 8th graders it doesn't matter whether it's Mooresville Martinsville and uh, I realize instantly how smart and talented oh, these young adults are they're not kids right you know we may look at them as because they don't have a certain age or life experience but they are brutally smart and talented and how do we begin to equip them to be this idea of a next generation leader to empower them, you know? And so, can you talk a little bit about the the institute, you know, your founding of it, and and what is Because, you know, again, maybe not everybody knows about it.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and you're exactly right. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've been so impressed over the last 10 years that we've been running the Sagamore Leadership Initiative to just see young people who are doing things today that are so far beyond what i was doing when i was there right right and you know again i think part of it is the advance of technology capacity through the internet and social media and all kinds of other things which in my mind has told young people what is possible right and so it's begun to break down some of those mental barriers and then taps into their creativity so you've got young people just doing all kinds of amazing things right so For me, uh, we started Sagamore back in 2009. Um, I had been a pastor on staff at a church and then in 08, the recession hit and they couldn't keep my position. So I went for what I call 13 months in the wilderness trying to figure out what the next thing was gonna be. And uh, I'm somebody who, this is not to disparage anybody else who was in a difficult time, but I did not feel that I could in good conscience sign up for unemployment. Because I'm an able-bodied worker, I had a mind that God gave me, and I didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to have the taxpayers uh, shouldering the burden for our family. So sure. that caused me to uh, take on a variety of different jobs. Yeah. And one of them at the time was uh, being a newspaper delivery guy for the Indianapolis Star. Yeah. And so keep in mind, this is after having been a pastor, having... Gotten a bachelor's degree, master's degree, having spent time studying at Oxford University and all these fancy places, and here I am tooling around in the middle of the night in our minivan, chucking papers. Yeah, and it was a very, very humbling time. Yes, and um, I had a situation I'll just share briefly, where after I had been trained, because I thought, well, this isn't so hard, you know, and then I realized it's a little more complicated than I was led to believe, and. So it was winter time and I was supposed to do the route myself and you get up at 2 o'clock in the morning Fill all the, I call them bread bags, but the plastic bags with the papers Load up about 350 papers in your van and off you go. And so you have to have them all delivered by 6 a.m. Right. And I was in a cul-de-sac up on the northwest side of Indianapolis It's about 3.30 in the morning and I swung too wide and got our our uh, minivan hung up in a snowbank okay and so i'm <laughs> free, <laughs> free, trying to get it in and out Yeah, right? yeah and it's not going anywhere and of course it's 3 30 in the morning yeah. you're not going to go knock on somebody's door unless you want to meet a shotgun yeah and so i'm thinking what am i going to do you know and i'm feeling the pressure and so fortunately our minivan was like a traveling dumpster right we had four little kids at the time <laughs> And I found an old Lincoln log that yeah. was about a foot and a half long, Yeah. and I am out there at the back wheel well chipping away at the snow and ice, yeah. and I had this thought, <laughs> so this is the pinnacle of my career. <laughs> 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 and I say that, I mean, I finally got the van out, which was good, finished yeah. the route. I say that because that, that particular experience, uh, delivering papers, was the formative time for me in developing this whole concept of Sagamore Leadership. Yeah because I began to think about, okay, what am I passionate about? What do I see happening in the culture? And personally, you know, I've got four kids that are coming up into this cultural wilderness. Right, right. What do we do? And so that really uh, laid the, the groundwork for talking to some other leaders. There was a little bit of seed money. And so we started this thing with one teaching site on the west side of Indy, which I still teach to this day. Sure. And basically we work now with uh, kids ages 12 to 22 in our different areas of programming right we do a lot of training on helping them understand why they believe what they believe what does it mean to be a leader right some of these concepts about intentional influence and therefore leadership is neutral it's right not necessarily a positive because it can be used in positive or negative directions right uh, we talk about your leadership platform we talk about what's the mission we're supposed to be on which is larger than just You know taking my team to the state championship or larger than having the best fourth quarter we've ever had you know is there a larger mission in this journey on the planet and things like that and so we talk through all that and then we bring in a variety of speakers who are living out a lot of those leadership principles right so young people can be exposed to established leaders right in all these different cultural spaces the intent there is to allow the our young Sagamore leaders to get some good educational content right <coughs> excuse me, but also to then be able to get connected with some of these established leaders because, as you know it's as much about who you know as what you know yeah, absolutely so we combine all those different things, and it's been exciting we're now ten years in, and we've seen um, our leaders get on through life and begin to get established in the strategic intersections of influence right. And, and we are so encouraged to just keep coming alongside them and saying, "Hey, keep going, keep going, you yeah. can do it," and beginning to see that impact on a kind of a larger macro level, which is pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's, it's it's not actually the visual of you uh, doing that is a bit humorous. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, um, but I think it's it's you know, you and I chatted a little bit before uh, we we kicked off the podcast that one of the most interesting things of of you know everyone has a story in life, Yeah. you know? And I think what oftentimes we forget as adults um, is to be reminded that, you know, we came from where we came from to where we are right now, but there's certain points along the line that transform you. Yeah. And it can either sometimes, hey, maybe it wasn't great and what came of it, and sometimes maybe it's really great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tr- taking those life experiences you know for uh, for us at the community foundation of and instilling that in our young people that mm-hmm. um, you know the fact that we're worried about resiliency in young people today but as i'm always reminded they are faced with adult decisions at such an early i mean look in seventh and eighth grade i wasn't i didn't have the types of pressures right it was just about who
2: think. likes who and yeah and, you know, i mean
1: yeah it was pretty simple life it really, really was yeah, yeah it was pre-everything and. Um, And so it's, it's, you know, we also talk a little bit about, look, you can talk about the good old days and and that was the past is the past and you can't, it's not coming back. Mm -hmm. And so, but can you talk a little bit about, you know, but there are qualities. So when we hear people say, well, the good old days, if there's a quality or value that you still think is important then why would you not take that as an opportunity to become a leader and promote the value that you would like to see the next generation share?
2: Well, absolutely right. And I think we've dismissed some of those values as, well, I am I believe in traditional this, or this is kind of old-fashioned, but... Right. And it's like, wait a second, old-fashioned is not necessarily a bad thing, depending right. on what we're talking about. Right. And to your point about what we would call enduring values. Right. What are those kinds of um, responsible uh, values and skill sets and things that young people need to have in order to not only just survive going forward, but to actually thrive? Right. And so things like, you know, what do we think about right and wrong? What is your framework for right and wrong? Right. We live in a culture of moral relativity and it just doesn't work. Right. And so. If we go back to a traditional view of some kind of truth standard, and therefore a standard by which we can judge right and wrong, right. we're beginning to frame up a way to live a truly good life. Uh, the value of personal responsibility and hard work. Right. Right. One of the things that we hear about this next generation, and I don't think it necessarily is indicative of the entire generation. I agree. Is entitlements and safe spaces (laughs) and all this stuff and it's like oh you know I should be able to get out of college and have an $80,000 job right Right. out of the gate and all this and the idea of growing up and recognizing that you have to earn things in life right and there is value in hard work absolutely Um, the value of respecting authority yes right because that translates not just from I need to respect my mom and dad but then I need to respect my teachers, my coaches, right. I need to respect elected officials, I need to respect law enforcement, right. I even even need to respect the president, right? Right. And we live in such a politically divisive world that depending on where you come from on the philosophical spectrum, right, it's like well I'm a conservative so I hate Obama or right. I'm a liberal so I hate Trump but it's right. like well okay wait a second What about the fact that this person is in that position right and that in and of itself should demand in my mind a basic level of respect right so all of those kinds of things and so many more which again i feel blessed to have learned in a community like martinsville sure are the kinds of things that actually set young people up for true success yeah absolutely And as much as we want to say hey let's diminish this value of truth and you kind of decide it for yourself what we don't realize even if that's a well intentioned approach is that you're ultimately going to cripple the kid right because they need to have some kind of guardrails and boundaries to go this is the right way walk in it and that's not the right way stay away from it, right things like that so those are the kinds of things that we are trying to help Uh, really come alongside parents pastors other adults come alongside young people to help them think through some of those important uh, subjects as they're raising up the next generation as well
1: yeah yeah I think it's you know we often um, that's probably an unfair you know we often the air quote we um, I heard um, I do hear a lot of, of people saying well you know what can we do and we just feel you know a bit of and um, I had a superintendent from, from another location talking about the value of some of the things that they were doing, so they did what you think of kind of your K through 12, you know, getting prepped or for whatever, and they said, we need to add in these other important factors um, when, you, when you meet someone, look them in the eye, yeah, shaking exactly. Hand. You know, and so we hear this kind of today, like, oh, well, it's generation, you the can't, they won't even look you in the eye. Well, I understand that, but that's because that's a quality that you value. That's right. And that if that's a quality that you value and you think it's important, then you need to be involved and we need to be involved as a community to teach those values and to the young people because we grew up with it. That's right. And that that was our culture.
2: You know, it's it's so fascinating you bring that up because just last week, I was asked to come and speak at Kingsway Christian School where my two youngest kids go. Yeah. And as I was wrapping up, Uh, the head of the school, Dr. Julie, she came in and she said, hey, can I borrow you for a few more minutes? So I stayed for another 30 or 40 minutes while she kept the middle schoolers in the auditorium where we were and took them through a very hands-on experiential training process in anticipation of Grandparents Day the next day. Okay. And it all had to do with exactly what you just said. Here's how to shake somebody's hand. Here's how to look them in the eye. Here's how to introduce yourself right. and then listen to their title and try to figure out some of those social cues and right. all of that. And afterward, she kind of talked to me briefly and I could sense she was, uh, there was a little bit of self-consciousness there. She, well, you know, I'm, I hope this was valuable. Right. I said, wait a second, I, I'm gonna just tell you right now, I don't think I have ever right. in my entire life seen a teacher or an administrator come in and teach kids exactly those kinds of things. Absolutely. Now part of it goes back to what you just said. We didn't necessarily have to have a class on it right. because the community valued it right. and parents taught it. right? Oh, yeah. But that was 25, 30 years ago, right. and now it needs to be more intentional in some of those larger teaching spaces right? so that kids can get it. Because the point we've made to them was if you do get it then you are automatically setting yourself apart in a professional environment to say here's somebody that really knows how to handle themselves in social situations yep absolutely and it goes back to that idea of teaching and and passing on the values that not only we want for our kids but why we want them is so that our kids can be really grounded and well-prepared for whatever's coming in their future.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I mean, and they are just, they are mirrors, children are not the root cause of something, they are mirrors of what we Absolutely, represent. Absolutely, and, that's and, the whole millennial thing, right? Yes, we correct. bash the millennials. Correct.
2: Oh, millennials this, millennials yeah. that. We're not willing to go. Wait a second. Why wouldn't they learn some of these kinds of things right. unless we hadn't taught them? Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, exactly. Let's stop talking about millennials. Right. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's change the topic because that That's means right. I'm actually
1: responsible now. All of a sudden, for <laughs> exactly. the generation, because you and I, as parents, you know, we're the ones that these are our kids. You That's know, right. and, and so um, I, I think it's such an interesting. Uh, again, I know we could talk for hours, and this is just one small snippet of it, and we're running out of time, but. Um, I appreciate you sharing all that about leadership because I think um, I just hear too often people who feel like they can't make a difference. Yeah. Uh, and even if it's uh, someone, I know people use this example all the time. When you watch someone take a shopping cart from the middle of the parking lot and you walk it back in, everyone watches you do it or you watch someone else do it and you walk away from that and you know you're like, I would or would not do that. I'm not a
2: judge, you know. But I'm like, wow, good for them. That's right, absolutely. And everyone saw it. That's right, and didn't have to be a big thing. It could yeah. be a little, that like we talked about earlier, a little thing each day yeah. to say, what can I do today yep. to bring good and to add value. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what we're trying to do with uh, Sagamore. If, if people want to know more about Sagamore, yeah, we're please, at yeah. uh, sagamoreleadership.org, org, and you can get a good sense of what we're doing there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's uh, we we talk. I had uh, Chris Page from Hoosier Your Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Talk about intentional giving. You know, yep. no one likes to talk about giving away money. Or, you know, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, and but I think this is the same thing. And that's why I, I I really appreciate you coming and joining me for this because your thought on the way that you create intentional influence. Yeah doesn't get said enough. So I really am grateful for, for your time to, to come in and talk a little bit about that today. And again, absolutely. I, I'd encourage anybody to to visit uh, Sag-
2: SagamoreLeadership.org. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yep.
1: visit uh, John there and, and have him come out and speak with you or just shoot him in. We'd so. love to.
2: It'd be awesome. And thank you very much for having me on today. I yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And you survived, John. I mean I Let's did. be honest. You I'm know, still here. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: so, I'll be happy to come back. To right. Utah. There's the endorsement <laughs> yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, hey, listen, it's really fun to sit with you and I appreciate it. And um, so uh, please visit uh, uh, SagamoreLeadership.org if you want to visit with John. And um, I love what you're doing. And, And so thanks for everything.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you, Ed. Okay.
0: Thanks for listening to Podcast Impact, where people just like you are creating change in Morgan County. Visit cfmconline.org today to learn more about how to get involved and see the impact you can make.